0: Welcome back to another episode of the Successful Driver Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, watching, wherever you are consuming this show. We very much appreciate you and uh, really excited today to talk to somebody, one of my favorite people here at Aero Truck Sales. Don't tell all the other people that we've talked to so far. But uh, this is Jason Church. He's in the purchasing department over here at Aero. Jason, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us here, my friend.
1: Thank you for having me, Kim.
0: I mean, listen to that voice, guys. I mean, this—he was—he was made for this. Uh, and so I—we had to hear from you, Jason. So uh, this is this is kind of how we start every show. Just a little bit about your your time here in the trucking industry. You know, you know how you got started to what you're doing now these days here at Arrow. Uh,
1: going way back to like the early '90s, I was selling motorhomes in St. Louis. And I grew up on a farm, kind of like trucks and tractors, you know, but selling motorhomes. And I started dealing with some truck company owners and uh, they're buying motorhomes, but they wanted to keep trading trucks in to me. Like, I'm not in the truck business. I don't know what to do with the trucks. <laughs> so, so long story short, I traded for some, and this is like 94, 95. And started calling around, sold the trucks to dealers, and liked it. And it was kind of the tech bubble at that time, and uh, there was a lot of crazy financing. Knew it was going to come to an end. So I interviewed at a Freightliner dealer in 1999. They hired me. Worked there till '04. Came to Arrow. This is going to be my 18th year pretty soon.
0: Wow. 18th year. And you, you were a branch manager at one point. You, you've kind of held a lot of different roles here at Arrow. So you've kind of got a unique perspective and I love kind of getting someone with such a broad view. I like to ask this question, what makes a successful driver in your mind? You've worked with a lot of different people in this industry. What do you think makes a successful driver?
1: I personally feel like, um, kind of having a plan as to one what do you want to do with the truck? What kind of freight do you want to pull? Where do you want to go? Just kind of knowing what you wanted to do to to balance the trucking home life. And you know, not buying too much truck and not buying too little of truck. And to me, they're all green. They all make money. <laughs> and some make a lot more money than others if you're if you're out for flash and big horsepower and go fast, I love cool trucks just like anybody, but there's a dear price to pay with it. And, you know, buying a truck that's decent fuel economy, the parts to make repairs aren't crazy, you know, I think is a big key and something that you're comfortable in. If you're wanting to start, it's kind of hard getting out the gate, buying your first truck. If if you need a little bit more money down or you need to spend a little bit more later, stop, save up. Get something that you're comfortable in because you're in it. you're <laughs> going to be in it a lot. and uh, I think you know a reputable carrier is a very big key, somebody that has money behind them, somebody that has consistent freight there's uh, there's truck dealers that are fly by night. there's freight companies that are fly by night and finance companies that are fly by night. but Uh, Having somebody that consistently has freight, sometimes freight pays better than others, sometimes fuel costs more than others, you know, Mm -hmm. but being able to get consistent freight, being able to get consistently
0: paid. Absolutely. Uh, One of the things that you brought up that I haven't heard quite yet, which I thought was really interesting, and it's such a great point is, you know, some people don't necessarily always take the cost of... You know, replacement parts into consideration the accessibility or how difficult it might be to acquire some of those parts so that's just a that's a really smart thing to take into consideration as you're looking at your next truck is you know what's it going to cost me from a from a labor and parts perspective when you know when something happens to this unit that's a really good another nugget that i don't think i've had someone mention so that was really good jason um I want to know your role in the truck driver story nowadays, you know, you're in the purchasing and sales department. What's, you know, how are you helping, you know, truck drivers find success these days?
1: Well, um, we all know the supply chain is through the roof. Yeah. Freight tonnage is really deep and there's a lot of profit to be made out there, which is great. Everybody's making money right now. Um, I think my biggest job and my most important job is one, it's not buying trucks that aero truck sales can just make money with. I mean, we have to make money selling trucks, right? Company owners, truck drivers have to make money pulling freight, but we both need a good piece of equipment to do that. Mm -hmm. And again, even for us in the supply chains, parts are getting tighter. Some trucks are getting harder to get, but, buying something that somebody can work on the parts are three deep on the shelf at the repair shop. And it's something that's not just, um, uh, you know, we, we, we sell all types of trucks, but it's not something that's, you know, an, an enormously large engine or, you know, something that's very odd. That's hard to work on. And there's a lot of guys, one thing that makes them successful is kind of working on trucks themselves sometimes. Yeah. And, but selling trucks that are obviously name brand, common models, parts are available, and that they can go to a dealership if need be, and about anybody can work on it. Mm-hmm. But it's that it came from a good place. It's uh, it. We don't buy wrecked trucks. You know, sometimes bumpers get nicked. That's part of life. But um, you know, if something was wrecked or it came from a carrier or a smaller company doesn't really take care of their stuff, we try to stay away from it.
0: Yeah, yeah. your whole perspective is just, it's extremely practical. And I think it's valuable because, you know, you're saying it's, you know, you, you kind of said, don't get into a truck that, too much of a truck yet. You know, you're, when you're mm-hmm. when you're out there trying to become a successful driver, don't get more than you need. But I think that's kind of fallen in line with everything you're talking about here as your as your buying process and your decision-making process on what units make sense for aero and what makes sense for our customer. It's the same Absolutely. Thing. It's that practicality. Yeah. You know, you trying to, you know, trying to do right by your customer by doing right with the purchasing. And I think that's just, I mean, that's really cool. And it's, it's very obvious throughout everything you've said to this point, Jason, it's, it's that level of practicality. And I appreciate that about what you're doing here. Um, you've, you've seen a lot of, you've seen a lot here. I'm not trying to age you. Um, I don't want to tell you what I was doing in the nineties, but, um, you know, you've seen a lot of changes in this industry. And, you know, what, what have you seen any changes over time about what makes a successful driver from from back when you started to now? Has there been any changes?
1: Yeah. um, I think, again, having a plan, what are you trying to achieve? And does that fit in your timeline in a week to do it more or less? I, I know that sounds like really simple, but um, I think what what you can make consistent will make you successful. And, you know, again, choosing the right truck, something that you can afford, something that you can work on, something that's available. Um, again, having the reputable carrier and uh, planning for the future, I would say is... A really big key and something that's hard to do balancing um, your home life finances and your trucking life finances. But sometimes freight pays really well and you're doing a lot of miles, and setting the money back is tough to do sometimes. And then stopping and looking at your equipment saying, okay, the tires are getting thin. I did hit uh, something at the fuel dock the other day and the bumper's kind of hanging down on one corner and you've got a check engine light on. It's like you you do need to keep up the equipment so you can lean on it. You know, that's what makes your money. But waiting too long to make a repair typically can snowball into something much worse and very costly. But then just consistently putting a little back because it will break. Yeah. New trucks have new truck problems, used trucks have used truck problems, mm-hmm. and um, one costs a lot more upfront than the other. That's kind of it. But at some point, you're going to want to upgrade or you want to add a truck or something, you know, just set yeah. yourself up to be able to do it. For sure. Yeah.
0: Uh, what? So, there's you know, what trends have you noticed in the trucking industry? What has what what disruptors of the truck industry have you seen? Some things that have really just drastically changed this trucking industry in the last, you know, 10-15 years? Like what, what have you noticed about the industry that's kind of you know been a disruptor?
1: Um a few things I would say the equipment has changed a lot mm-hmm. and the technology has changed a lot, just like Internet, social media, all of that. The trucks have taken leaps and bounds in technology as well. Yeah. Uh, most trucks today have 13 wireless computers on them, and the after-treatment systems behind the engine are are very complex. Yeah. They are getting much better and much more efficient. Um, but it used to be a flat tire stopped you, or an oil leak stopped you. Now it's a knock sensor, or you got to do a forced regen. But it's It's more stuff and just planning for it. But also, you know, the new driving laws and the hour regulations, again, it's just, I think what's key is planning every day, knowing when you stop today and you go to bed, you know what you're gonna do tomorrow. You know what you gotta do, just like in sales or anybody in a career. Um, And um, I think, I don't know if fuel prices and freight tonnage rates are as volatile up and down as they used to be. I like to think they are a little bit. Uh-huh. So fuel can jump up. I mean, we all say when I was 15 years old, fuel was <laughs> 75 cents a gallon, you know, and I mean, two weeks ago was $2 or yeah. and now we're approaching three. And that's a big jump when you're doing eight miles per gallon and you're burning a hundred gallons a day, and you have to upfront that fuel money right the disruption. for sure. charges will catch up and it'll you'll get your money back, but you're gonna have to float it for a while right, you know, right? no yeah. for sure for sure and the other but, problem I think right now there's there's kind of a there are some parts that are hard to get a hold of hmm. um, you know the the factories have slowed down the COVID's kind of thrown wrenches in things and as far as production rates, yeah it'll catch up. But again, looking at your equipment, knowing what you need to do now, address it now, don't address it later. You know, just being so proactive. Proactive you know.
0: about everything. It's protecting your business every single way you can. You've got to have the mindfulness about everything. And I think that's sure. one thing that kind of shows up in a lot of different, you know, conversations I've had with people on this show. It's, you know, and you're, you're coming up with, and you're throwing out and presenting just more additional layers of things that are worth considering. And, you know making sure it's a product that's pretty common or a, a part that's pretty common that can you know that you're gonna you know have confidence that you're gonna have access to that's just that's just such a good point point. and you know, the yeah. other thing I, I listening to you kind of talk, Jason is you know you're talking about you know some of the laws that have changed with you know time and I think one of the things and you you can maybe speak on a little bit is just there's 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 probably a little bit different of a work life ba- balance for these guys when you started to now, I would assume based on some of the laws. Oh, yeah. of, I mean, I think even, you know, a lot of these, you know, these, you know, fleets trying to attract drivers, you know, there's got to be more work-life balance involved for this generation of truck driver versus maybe what you saw in the 90s.
1: Absolutely. They can actually sleep a little now.
0: Um, (laughs) Which, I mean, is good for everybody.
1: (laughs) It is. It's good for them. It's good to feel good. Um, Definitely, I think you know, it's definitely hindered the amount of income that they can control instead of, you know, they get a great night's sleep. I'm going to do 16 hours a day and 850 miles. Well, you can do 650 or whatever it equates to wherever you're at. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's planning, but I think we all work hard for a reason. We do it for ourselves at home and our family. And I think it's very important to have the balance.
0: Absolutely. 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 I want to ask you a couple other questions. We don't normally ask these, but I was just curious from you. So how do you maintain the resale value of a truck, Jason, in your opinion?
1: So for me, um, it's, I don't care if it's your truck, if it's a car, if it's your bass boat or your house, people like to buy nice things. Everybody likes nice things. And when you look at two different trucks, if I go to buy two different trucks and it came from the same place, but two different people kind of had control of its outcome, if you will. Mm-hmm. One is very clean. If the bumper was scratched they painted it when they could. And the tires match. And just keeping it clean wow. is a big one. And making sure that there's not oil leaks to the ground. If you get a a simple oil leak today, just fix it. You know, it becomes a massive leak down the road and it sprays all over the truck. You know, if you get dinged and, you know, instead of taking the insurance money and saying, well, when things slow down, I'll get it fixed. No, you won't. Just get it fixed. (laughs) You know, if you can, I know, I know we all got bills to pay and there is a reality to everything. If you can't stop right now, just make sure you do, but keep it clean, keep it nice. You know. And that's, it speaks
0: volumes and pays more when you go to do it. The proactivity, it's all back to that proactivity. I mean, there's if, just if the,
1: possible, if possible. Yeah,
0: there's a trend throughout everything you've talked about here, Jason. And I love that. <laughs> that's yeah. so great. Well, that is it for this episode of the Successful Driver Podcast. Jason, again, my friend, pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us.
1: Thank you very much, Ken. Always a pleasure, sir.
0: All right. Well, we'll be back with you later. Uh, Check us out on iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you consume media. You'll be able to find Successful Driver Podcast. Thank you all so much for spending a little time with us. We'll catch you later.